0: Essential NLP: Practical Skills for a Great Life. Hi, and a very warm welcome from me, your host Phil Parker, to this Essential Skills of NLP episode number ninety-one, and we're just coming up to Christmas. So, I've just done a seminar. I thought it'd be really interesting to put on this podcast series about the things that get us at Christmas and how to deal with them. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, it's Phil here again. Uh, Once again, we started doing the seminar on the internet. Died. Hopefully, it's going to be fine now. Uh, So we were talking about Christmas and how for some people, Christmas is a great time. And for other people, it's a very mixed time. So uh, what I'm going to be looking at is skills and tips for dealing with the stuff of Christmas that often causes people trouble. And thankfully, I've had a few people... um, emailing in and uh, Facebooking in saying hey these are things I'd like you to discuss Phil so I'm going to take them one thing at a time um, first thing that, that there there's some core things that seem to always be always be problems around Christmas and um, the first one is that uh, people have to hang around other people and very often the people we're hanging around with at Christmas are people people we possibly might uh, try to avoid for the rest of the year but at Christmas we just can't avoid it uh, so they tend to be family members and um, possibly uh, friends and relatives. Uh, how do we deal with those people? say so most of the year we can just kind of park it but at Christmas is often a full-on intensity so we're going to be looking at that how to deal with other people. Um, how to deal with them compassionately and how to make sure that even if they're not the kind of people you would normally hang out with you can make sure that your Christmas is okay even if they wouldn't normally be your, your favourite favorite people or guests. Hi to Debbie and Cara just joined, great to see you guys um, also going to look at how do you stay present, how do you be calm uh, particularly when there's lots of stuff that need to be done uh, and uh, Steph particularly asked a question about this. You know, how how do you how do you be calm? How do you sleep when there's a frantic pressure to do all sorts of stuff? And we're going to be matching that with how to deal with the shoulds of Christmas. I should do this. I should do that. Hi, Kirsten. Good to see you too. Um, and how do we deal with guilt? Uh, people putting us into a position of guilt and us accepting it, and and how we avoid that? How we step away from that we're also going to be looking at uh, how do you say no to people which is linked as well to the good hey hey Cara good to see you all the way from New York Um, how do you say no to people how do you and this is something that Jen asked me how do you deal with them when they don't get it they don't get that no and they just keep on wanting your time Uh, and Linked with this saying no, of course, is saying no to foods. There's a whole bunch of foods that come our way at Christmas, some of which are fine, but some which aren't very good for us, or if we had too many of them, they're just not good for us. So how do we not overdrink? How do we not overeat at a time when that just seems to be all part of the, the Christmas uh, Christmas joy? Um, we're going to look at some strategies for that. Uh, I've got a little list here. You can see me looking to one side of the questions. Uh, how do we plan to have fun uh, Hi Maurice, nice to see you too, and how can we make sure we are in the best possible state for Christmas? So those are the general things. If you've got any extra questions, pop them into Facebook. It doesn't tend to show up on the phone that I'm doing it from, but hopefully it will show up on the news feed on this bit I'm looking at. Uh, It hasn't ever so far it's supposed to, but hey, things don't always do what they're supposed to do. So, um, welcome, and let's begin with... The others, the dealing with others, it seems to be such a core thing. And I've talked about this in, in, in some of the other um, seminars, but it's worth mentioning again because it's such a core problem. I would say one of the biggest problems we have generally is dealing with others. You know, we've got to deal with ourselves, of course, but dealing with others it produces so much possibility for us to get into the wrong state. So let me just describe what I mean by state. State means what state of mind are we in? what state of mind are we in, which bits of our brain are we switching on and unfortunately Whatever particular state we get into will have a physiological effect on us. So it will change our body chemistry. It will change the way our our, our nervous system processes. It will change our focus of attention. Uh, And to some extent, you you can think of states, if you want, to be a bit like hypnotic trances. In that you you could argue that when we're anxious, what we're doing, if we look at the definition of hypnosis, which is a limited focus of attention, that tends to be all we can see in that moment. It's like it completely envelops us. Uh, equally you could say that being happy or being present is almost like a trance that we just become really into that state and the problem is that we get into these states these neurological activations all of a sudden we suddenly find ourselves disappearing down a black hole of a particular emotional feeling or cognitive experience so some of the, the common ones that are not great for us at Christmas are feeling massively overwhelmed being overwhelmed is a state where it just seems like there's just so much to do and how are we ever going to do it? It takes our energy, saps our strength and often stops us from being able to really focus on what's going on. Uh, we have got a question here from Tilly. Uh, finally, questions are showing up. This is brilliant. Uh, how can you stop going into feeling or doing? She's using the lightning process language there. Doing overwhelmed during the festive period. Great question. This is part of it. The uh, the dealing with other people is one of the core ways of, of getting overwhelmed. But there are many other ways which we'll be covering in a minute. So, how do we deal with other people? So how do we change our state? Because one of the things I say is. The biggest problem we have as humans is we are often in the wrong state for the job that we're trying to do. So, for instance, if we've got a lot of jobs on, then approaching it, like going, oh my God, I've got so much to do, is probably the worst option we can choose. And what, in fact, you need to do is exactly the opposite. You need to get into the state of working out what is the first thing. So anytime you feel overwhelmed, Tilly and anyone else watching... The first thing you should do is ask yourself, okay, what is the first thing that needs my attention? There's an interesting thing with overwhelmed. If you were able to look in somebody's brain when they're getting overwhelmed, what they do is have like a series of, these little cards, these will do, a series of bits of information they need to focus on. And what they do is they look at one and then they think, well, what about this one? What about this one? And suddenly their brain gets overloaded because we can only focus on seven pieces of information at one time. Any more than seven my fingers in the screen, any more than seven is too much. And what happens in the studies are that if you give people a list of about seven pieces of information and you add a couple of more pieces of information, some of the information will drop off because we just can't process it all. So help your brain out. First thing, as I often say, is slow your internal voice down because that has an effect directly on your nervous system and your breathing. Slow everything down, including this a storm of information slow in your mind just slow everything down we're so used to slow motion on tvs and stuff that we could slow it down and when we slow it down we can just look at one thing we can park the others and we can ask ourselves okay which one is the one i need to focus on choose one put everything else to one side and just look at this single piece of information as you start to focus on that you need to approach it of course in a calm way and this can be, you can get overwhelmed with loads of stuff, but you can also get overwhelmed by people. If there's more than one person, particularly if there's more than one person demanding your attention or being difficult, then that adds overwhelmed to the trouble of other people. So let's move back to how do we deal with other people? Point number one always check what state you're in around them. Chances are when you're not feeling good, you'll be triggered into some crappy state. Most common ones are anxious. Feeling that uh, people are trying to manipulate you, people are irritating you. But as I said in another video, which is worth checking out about triggers, interestingly, people can't trigger you, they don't have that power. What happens is you trigger, or as we would say, you are doing triggering. It's you that's triggering yourself. And that's great news, because it means they are not the cause of how you're feeling. They certainly help, for sure. We know that. But their behaviours are separate from your response. And we often, as we often try to change their behaviours, we can't. So what we're left with is, how do we change our response? How do we do something different, how do we respond differently? So the first thing to do once you notice you're in a wrong state and it feels like they've caused it although really it's you, you're not to blame for it but it is your state notice the state and then start to shift it the easiest way to do this is to start to look at your voice, to listen to your voice inside your head or even outside if it's fast and furious like I'm talking now you're likely to be stressed or possibly cross or frustrated. If your voice is flat like you've just been knocked over by a bus your voice will sound like this and your posture will follow as well so when we're flat we feel like this when we're stressed we're like this so notice where you are, it's usually one of those two things if you're stressed immediately just start to slow your voice down and by doing that as you can hear as I talk just slowing that down starts to make things more calm if on the opposite is you're flat, start to make your voice more light. And just by doing that, it will trigger your brain to realise there is an option here. There's a different state that you could be in. So people that are difficult, if you're around them, you need to be managing your state. There's a number of key things which I think are really easy and really simple to do. The first thing is called the magic halibut. So if you have somebody who's really irritating or you find yourself getting irritated around them, you'll know there are certain things they start talking about that always produce a state in you. Instead, what I'd like you to do, when they start to do it, I'd like you to imagine sitting on their head is one of those flat fish, like a halibut. And they don't know it's on their head because it's imaginary. But in your mind, you see it on their head. And every time they start that conversation that normally produces this crappy feeling in you, imagine the halibut just wriggles a little bit and winks at you. As that happens, what you'll find is something magic will occur, which is you will start to regain your sense of humour. And as I've said many times before in these seminars, your sense of humour is one of your biggest assets. And any time you've lost it, you're in trouble. You're in the wrong state. If you can regain it and reconnect with it and bring some lightness and some lightheartedness, Belinda, you know what I'm talking about, some lightheartedness to the situation, then everything becomes easier. So you need to manage that. You need to work out, am I what we would call in the pit when you're in a crappy state that makes life more difficult? Or are you in, a, in a bringing some lightness to a situation that needs it? And that is something that you can recognize that you could be responsible for. If you can bring lightness, then you will change the course of what happens. It's a, it's a big ask, but at the end of the day, they're not going to be doing it. <laughs> so the only person who's kind of responsible for doing it has to be you. So think about the magic halibut sitting on their head, wriggling every time they say something silly and, and winking at you. Next thing to do is ask yourself, is this important enough for me to ruin my health, ruin my happiness and spoil my Christmas? Is their crappy behaviour, their difficult behaviour significantly important enough for me to change my physiology? Because We know that when people get stressed, get frustrated, get in the wrong state, there are massive changes, neurologically and physiologically, in their body. Do you want that? Is it worth it? So check that out. Now, of course, we've all had this experience where certain people seem to take us down a particular route. But remember, we always have a choice. It may take us a little bit of wisdom to exercise that choice because it 's not always easy you know when people are doing that stuff that historically triggers us, but at the same time, the only person that's going to change this's got to be you so um what I'd like to do then is to move on to a core thing that I think is useful in all these things, which is bringing compassion back into this season. We can get so wrapped up in people's stuff, what we've got to do, how difficult it is. If you can bring a sense of compassion, which is also a state, bringing compassion to ourselves and also to these difficult people, because if they're difficult, the chances are they're not having a good time. Why are they not having a good time? Because they're being triggered by stuff too. Yeah. When you think about it, if somebody's in a crappy state, something is going on for them. So bringing some compassion... Thinking about, well, what if I could give that? What if I decide this Christmas to bring some kindness? In fact, that's probably one of the best things you could bring to any situation, but particularly at this time of year. Some kindness, some compassion for yourself. And again, you know, if you look at any work around compassion, it says, first thing you need to do is bring it to yourself before you can bring it to anyone else. Otherwise, it's kind of hollow. Hi Sarah, nice to see you too. So bringing some some compassion this Christmas might be one of the best gifts you can give to yourself and give to others. So we looked at very briefly dealing with other people, <clears throat> recognising that maybe you just need to let it go because it's just not important enough. Uh, so Jen asked specifically about what if you've got people who are difficult and you want them to not be there and they don't take the hint. Um Sometimes you can be really clear, you know, this relationship is toxic and not working for me, but they may feel that they want to be there at Christmas, maybe they're related to you or they're, you know, friends of friends. If that's the case, then what you need to do, so I'm just going to remove that notification, then what you need to do, if if you've been very clear and they've not taken the clear hint that you don't want them around at Christmas, and it's just become one of those things that you can't now influence, the die is cast, they're coming. Then at that point, what you need to do is recognise this isn't something you can change, the actual attendance of this person. What you can change, therefore, or have to change, is how you respond to them. Because remember, they cannot make you ill. They cannot steal your energy. They cannot wind you up. Although, absolutely, that's how it feels. It really does feel that way. All they do is they lay the bait They set the scene. They give you the invitation to get into that state. But it's always your choice. And sometimes the invitation is almost impossible to resist. Sure, we've all been there. But every time we've got into those old patterns, into those old states, we notice it doesn't really help us. If we could have a time machine and go back, we'd probably choose not to engage in that crappiness. No matter how they work, Us responding in that way probably didn't make the situation better. And, you know, the wisdom of hindsight, if we could have that in the moment, if we could really notice that we're getting into a bad state and shift it, that would be very cool. So what are the core signs of being in a bad state? Well, you guys know, I'm sure maybe you want to type them in. Number one, lack of sense of humour. If you've lost your sense of humour, you are definitely in the wrong state. What else? Lack of compassion, lack of kindness, lack of being able to see somebody else's perspective lack of taking care of yourself finding yourself compelled also finding yourself being young Uh, so if you find yourself acting like a teenager you're definitely in the wrong state unless you are a teenager watching this so Rosie's watching it you're allowed to be a teenager but for pretty much everyone else we're not teenagers anymore so when we find ourselves regressing then we're in the wrong state finding ourselves saying things that are nasty or sharp or you know stuff that we wouldn't normally do this is a good example of being in the wrong state so all these things are great signs should tell us oh we're in the wrong state time to do something different because the real killer is if they're in the wrong state which they probably are and you're in the wrong state it all goes wrong it's like two drunk people having an argument so be responsible for your state it's it's not the simplest or easiest thing in the world but it is one of the most useful things you could possibly do particularly in these difficult situations when you've got someone with you who you'd rather not be with but they are there if you can't change the fact that they're there then you have to deal with the environment in a different way and that will free you up because there isn't really an option you know either you're going to suffer or you're going to decide okay i'm going to deal with this differently it's just the way that it is so I hope that answers your question, Jen, of how you deal with people who don't take no for an answer and turn up anyway. Um, uh, next one, Steph asked, okay, what about, you know, I'm rushing around all the time, I'm getting stressed before Christmas and I'm sleeping, what do I do? Well, again, this is a state question. Uh, it's often li- linked to this whole overwhelm thing that I, that I talked about at the beginning. Hi, Eliza, lovely to see you too, and Yvonne. Um, if you're overwhelmed, uh, then you're not present you're constantly thinking about the next thing what you need to do is start to slow things down and think okay what do I need to do in what order then what you need to do is ask yourself what state would be a really good state to be in when I am doing this thing because quite often what people do they they prioritize things they make a list which depresses them to start with because it's massively long um, so if you do make a list, then just focus on the thing you're doing now. Don't be doing that thing and thinking about the next four things you've got to do, because that would just kill you. You need to stay focused. Uh, yesterday, I was, uh, had the pleasure to meet a, a, a world championship boxer called David Hay. And we were talking about, you know, he was talking about boxing and how he feels when he's in the ring. And apparently, when he goes in the ring, before the bell goes, his heart rate is completely normal. Is as calm as you want. And when the bell rings, suddenly his physiology comes in and he's ready to fight. And then he says, the only thing I'm aware of in the entire world is my opponent and what my trainer is saying everything else disappears. And you hear this a lot in in peak performance, that people have the ability to focus purely on what is important in this moment. Not thinking about the TV coverage or his ex-wives, I don't know if he has any, or, you know, his difficult childhood, if he has that, or whatever, or the audience, whatever it may be. Just being present to what is. And there's an interesting distinction, quite often people talk about being present one of the interesting distinctions to ask yourself is, how would I like to be present? What, what would I like to be focusing on in this moment? What, is the, what are the things that are useful for me? So if you're busy preparing food, to enjoy the preparation of food, not to kind of do it in the wrong state. Oh my God, this is so annoying. How quickly before this is finished, I can go on to the next tedious task. That is probably the least useful way that you can do it. If you're going to be doing it, then think about what would be the best state. Now, lots of things that can change our states. Our heads is the easiest way, but we can do stuff like put good music on, you know, put a candle on with nice aromas, do it in the room that we like to, stand by the Christmas tree, put the lights on. Anything that will change your state will make life lots, lots easier. But the main thing at Christmas is finding ourselves getting stressed, getting anxious, getting overwhelmed. And the solution is to break things down to simple chunks to focus on that chunk that first bit that we need to do and to be calm and happy whilst we do it now if you guys have done the lightning process or any of my other courses you'll know a lot about this but if you haven't done that how do we change our state well the easiest way to change your state is to notice when you're in the wrong state that's the first thing and the second thing is to ask yourself okay what state would i like to be in And the best way to get into that state is simply To recall a time when you felt that way. To take yourself back to that feeling. Now in fact people who like Christmases, they do this all the time. Christmas tree comes out and they're like a little child again. They an excited child who had a good experience of Christmas. They hear the song of Mariah Carey on on the radio and they remember what it's like to run in the snow. They're constantly taking themselves into an experience of how joyful and excited it is to be around this whole Christmas experience. And there's a real difference if you're, again, to look inside people's heads. The people who are stressed at Christmas are not thinking that. The people who are having a great time at Christmas are thinking those kind of feelings. They can still get on with the work of Christmas, building Christmas, but they do it from a completely different state. So if you've got to be building Christmas, you've got to be, you know, taking care of stuff, again, ask yourself, what would be the best way to do this? If I've got to be doing it anyway, what is going to be the most useful state for me? Um, The other thing I'd recommend is that you plan for fun. So think to yourself, okay, what things do I like doing? What makes me happy at Christmas? And make sure those are scheduled in as much as anybody else. And this is a core part of compassion for yourself. Quite often people at Christmas will be sorting everybody else out, making sure everyone else has a good time. What about you? And, And classically you find this in mums, that mums have spent so long looking after everyone... Forget to look at themselves, and it's really really important to do that. Remember what we said on other uh, these seminars happiness is directly linked to your health. And there's some studies, some brilliant studies by Diner and Chan from 2011, where they found out using a, a ratified, well validated form called the subjective well being form that they found that people who were happier lived longer by 10 years. That's the same. That's the cost of smoking. If you smoke, it's supposed to take about 10 years off of your life. So I always say, never be a grumpy smoker. But in this case, be happy. You know, Take that. Take that happiness. Make sure that you are taking time for yourself. It's really important. It's really important. And if you find yourself not finding yourself important enough, then you've got some work to do in 2017 because it's really, really significant. Hey, Jason, good to see you. Um, it's really significant for you. And everyone to make sure we're taking care of ourselves. Not to the exclusion of everybody else, but at least to the equal. We must make sure we're taking care of ourselves. Because if we're not well, we're not happy. How can we possibly make other people well and happy? How can we take care of other people? So, plan for fun. What things do you like? Make sure you do some of them. And then the shoulds. The shoulds. The shoulds often come from thinking what other people want. That's fine to consider other people. But when our life is dominated and this season is dominated by trying to sort everything else out according to some rules, we need to check out whether that's really working for us. With shoulds, a good question to ask is, you know, you should do this. A good question to ask is, according to who? Who says this? And it could be, oh, this is what our grandparents did. Well, you know, they did lots of other things like, you know burn fossil fuels you know is that good do we have to follow what they do Uh, everything they did was does that right you know start to question and challenge kindly some of these traditions these rituals and ask yourself is that working now sometimes of course at christmas we have to do things have to should do things that we maybe don't want to do because it's nice for people you know hang out with relatives who appreciate it but there are other things that maybe we don't need to do that we just got stuck into so if you notice a should Ask yourself, right, do I really need to do this? Is this is this important? Is this valuable? And also, if you do decide to do it, then don't do it as a should. If you do it as a should, you do it grumpily. Okay, oh, here we go again. Instead, decide if this is what we are doing, this is what I've decided to do, then let go of any of your stuff around it and decide, how can I really embrace this? Because if you're going to be doing it anyway, make sure you're in the best possible state to do it. Um, And then I think the final thing we'll talk about is overeating and over-drinking. So a classic thing that happens at Christmas, of course, there's a huge amount of food, often a huge amount of alcohol and stuff around. Some people use it in order to just get through the period, which is not really the best solution because, of course, then come New Year, you realise you've got more weight to lose and you're feeling rubbish as a result of what you've done. So simple thing is to notice what it is traditionally that you overindulge in. And if it doesn't feel right for you, then ask yourself this question. A couple of really important questions here. The first thing, when you're about to eat something that you know is one of those cheeky foods that tends to end up in you somehow, magically, then ask yourself, before you eat it, just before you eat it, ask yourself, how will I feel after I've eaten this? There's this thing called the slender eating strategy which is which is analyzing people who seem to eat in a healthy way compared to people who don't. And the main difference is before they eat it, the people who are more measured in their eating think how will I feel after I eat this? The people who overeat don't think that. They just go eat it. And then they go, oh, why do, I feel, why do I feel shit? And then the reason is because they didn't think about what the consequence was would be after they had done it. The same with drinking. Anybody who's ever drunk too much, I put my hand up to this as well, is you, you get to a certain point where your rationality about what the consequence is going to be to this amount of drinking disappear. And then the next day you go, oh, God, I wish I had stopped after the 17th vodka. Yeah. But at that moment you don't do it. So asking yourself, getting used to asking yourself, how will I feel? What are the consequences to this? If you can remember to do that, they will allow you to make a much, much better series of choices about this. Uh, There's also some stuff on YouTube about how to uh, not overeat chocolate and sweet foods and crisps. If you're interested, you can check that out. So how will this feel? And reminding yourself of choice. You always, always have a choice. But you need to remind yourself that you do. So to finish this, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to think about, hey Kate, lovely to speak to you or we'll see you. I've got an email from you today. Uh, great, Congratulations on your job. Um, what I'd like you to do as we finish is I'd like you to think about a time in your life where you were really brilliant at making choices. So it could be you know just going to a, a restaurant and choosing what you really want. Or it could be in your life where you had you know, some big decisions to make and you kind of checked inside and you went, you know what, this is the one for me. So just take a moment to reconnect with what it feels like to know that when you are in that place of choice, you can start to see things clearly. Another good thing to do as you get into the sense of choice is to imagine that you're stepping back like I'm doing now. And looking at it from a distance. Giving yourself that sense of perspective. And with that perspective, it allows you to kind of go, Oh, you know what? I could do that, but this one makes more sense for me. So feel what it feels like to really get in touch with that feeling of choice. Where you're able to look at things clearly and kind of go, I could do that, but actually this is the one I'm going to do. As you connect with that, Neurologically, as those of you who are my friends on Facebook will know, you trigger nerve pathways. You trigger neuroplastic change, which means the more you use a particular pathway, much like exercising a muscle, the more you use a pathway, the stronger it becomes. So if you get more and more used to connecting with choice, either by making choices or just thinking about choice, it will wire up that part of your brain that knows about choice. There's also some really interesting stuff around choice. You know, there are certain things that we just would not do. You know, we, you know, for many, many of you guys watching here, if somebody goes, "Hey, do you want some heroin?" It's really good quality heroin. You go, "No, thanks." You know, you're very clear about making a choice about that. Or, you know, if somebody says, "Oh, I've got some, you know, uh, some some beer I made, you know, in the shed from a puddle." you go, nah, not really interested. There are all sorts of things we'll make choice about. Or when we go to the petrol pump, you know, if you know that your car is diesel, there's three nozzles you could choose. Remembering that your car is diesel, you choose the diesel one. There's lots of things we make choices about. There's lots of websites we don't go onto because we don't want to. Hi Anne Marie, good to see you too. And Wendy, there's loads of things that we make choices about. When you think about it, we make choices all the time. Certain things you go, oh, I don't like that phone. I always want an iPhone or I always want a Samsung or I always want a something, or these kind of computers or, uh, you know, so many things. Uh, for many of you, some people love sports and some people hate sports. So sports are on the TV, they're going to watch it. Some people hate soap operas. It's like, hey, it's Coronation Street. It's like, you know, we make choices all the time. So when you think about how easy it is to make choices, why don't we do that more often? What would it be like? Hi, Anne. If you make choices with that confidence that you make. So think right now, think about something that you're really clear about, that you kind of go, no, I don't like that. Say, think about soap operas, think about sports on TV, think about uh, politics shows. There'll be something for everybody. They go, I'm just not interested. I'd just rather, you know, do something else. Feel what it feels like. (laughs) Thanks, Wendy. Feel what it feels like. Wendy says, I'm talking sense as usual. Many people would disagree. <laughs> there you go. Feel what it feels like to connect up with that sense of, yeah, that is an option, but I'm not taking it because it's just of no interest for me. What if you could get in touch with that state when somebody says, do you want another chocolate or you know, have another pint of beer you know, or whatever the thing may be? What if you could just have that real sense of, no, nah, no thanks? Yeah. And then be able to switch it on and off because this is a really cool thing. Choice is about, It's not about denying yourself stuff, it's about being in a place of being able to consider, oh, in this moment, yeah, I will have that cake, and then in this moment, no, I won't. If you can really get into that sense of choice, then all options become available, but you become clear about what works for you. And then finally, what I'd like you to do, as long as you're not driving or operating dangerous machinery, I'm just going to do a final thing about how to relax and how to envision a brilliant Christmas. So if it works for you and it's safe for you to close your eyes, do that. If it's not safe to do that at this moment, do this another point. What I'd like you to do is just take a few moments to notice your breathing, to to feel what it feels like, to connect up, with yourself to take a few moments to turn inside to breathe and as you do to allow everything to just slow and settle imagine watching leaves falling gently on the wind or snowflakes or the gentle roll of the ocean waves that sense of everything just settling and as it does allow yourself to go back to a time when you felt deeply deeply calm and relaxed and as you connect up with that you can also begin within this relaxation to imagine the little beginnings of Glittery excitement about something in the future that maybe you don't even know about yet. So to mix that feeling of calmness with a confidence about something in the future, just starting to glimmer and sparkle and intrigue you. And then as you look towards Christmas, what I'd like you to do is imagine that the Christmas is infused with a beautiful colour, a beautiful glow, a beautiful shimmer as you look at it, it starts to look more and more and more intriguing. Imagine also that there's a beautiful smell or aroma that you see around Christmas. That for you, maybe some roast food or some Christmas tree smell, or whatever for you, as you look at Christmas in your mind, just starts to bring out something you hadn't noticed before. Something that's curious and intriguing. So you can allow yourself to be pleasantly surprised about something you didn't even know yet just around the corner and then as you do that allow your unconscious mind the playful part of you to come out and embrace something new that maybe you haven't felt for some time and you can be intrigued excited and curious about exactly what it is that your unconscious mind is gonna reveal to you about things that you thought you already knew but much like watching a great movie when there's a really intriguing and pleasant, surprising plot twist you can be intrigued as to what it is that shows up for you as a result of allowing yourself to let go to create some space and to allow a little bit of magic back into your future and so guys have a great Christmas, I'll be on Facebook until Christmas, I'll probably be doing something in the new year Bring yourself back, having listened to that, but with a renewed sense of what is possible for you in this intriguing time of the year where things shift, things change. And I'll speak to you guys as I do a seminar in the new year about how you can have a fantastic 2017. You take care now. Bye. If you like these podcast series, then I think you'd really love finding out more about how we can work together. Best things you can do. Get hold of the other podcasts on iTunes or get some of my extraordinary books, which as I say, if you like these podcasts, they're very, very similar, life-changing, fascinating ways of looking at the world. And the ultimate thing you could do, hey, come and train with me. I'd love to meet you in person. Let us know, drop us an email, at philparker.org, or go to the website philparker.org, sign up for the newsletters. There you'll get instant access to some of my latest audio downloads. And those downloads contain the latest research techniques and tools to change your life and improve your health. So just register to get those right now. And I look forward to hanging out with you in person in the very near future. You take care now. Essential NLP. Practical skills for a great life.